advancement of uh, the migration system approach. And um, well, I'm going to introduce myself maybe. I'm coming from Berlin, Germany, and working there for the uh, Berlin Senate in the Department of Integration and Migration. And um, before that, I studied international politics, and um, I uh, was focused on international labor migration. And I wanted to do some research about uh, the possibility uh, of uh, the regulation of migration uh, in the Philippines and in Spain. And uh, what I needed was a, a theoretical foundation or theoretical base, and I was looking for something, and uh, directly I found the migration system approach. But it was clear that there was missing something. And uh, what was missing was uh, explanation for power and for politics, for regulation, all this stuff, uh, what we also um, heard uh, the sessions before. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> I uh, had to do something with uh, theories of international um, my uh, international um, relations because, well, um, there well, was based in. And um, I used the Neo Gramscian approach. And I'm <clears throat> today I'm going to tell you a little bit more about um, the revival uh, of critical theories. Uh, what, are, what, is, uh, what does this term mean in the field of international relations? What does uh, this term mean in international <coughs> economy, um, uh, political economy? And maybe also uh, in the field of international migration. And uh, after the, that, uh, I'm going to explain a little bit more about the new Gramscian approach and how to adapt this uh, to um, international, the field of international migration. Afterwards, I'm going to tell you uh, some important um, uh, elements. Uh, I'm going to um, speak about some, well, uh, the historic blocks and uh, local risk scaling, which uh, will be quite important. Uh, uh, in this concept, and after that I'm going back to the migration system approach, and I'm going to uh, conclude, well, is it worth um, to think a little bit further and um, um, <clears throat> um, do um, well some uh, theoretical development or, or not? So I'm going to start, um, well, I'm go going to sit down, I'm going to start with the revival of the critical theories, and um, well, uh, there are two types of um, uh, methodolo uh, methodology um, uh, approaches to do re uh, research within the field of international relations, uh, like um, Robert Cox uh, distinguished, and that are problem-solving theories and critical theories. And uh, the first one is focused on dysfunctional problems of contemporary world order structures by using positivistic uh, methods. Uh, the second one is more concerned about long-term changes and prospective developments by using historiographical uh, explaining methods. Well, that's an a, a important uh, dis distinguishing. And, um, well, uh, the fact uh, that in times of, all, uh, of a Cold War, um, um, like, for example, the world system theory, uh, never became uh, something like a mainstream uh, alternative in the field of international relations. 
Um, well, because um, they were connected to old-fashioned uh, communistic research traditions. But I uh, would say that that uh, might be uh, changing within, um, uh, or it's going to change, um, or changed uh, um, within the last 20 years. And um, um, also because if you're looking on the field of international uh, political economy, uh, there's a book in 2008 uh, by Benjamin uh, Jerry Cohen, and he wrote about uh, the situation in international relations and uh, theory development, and he spoke about American and uh, British, uh, the American and the British school, and that is quite interesting because um, for, for Cohen, um, well, the British uh, scholars were more, were more concerned about transformation of existing structures, and the American scholars were more uh, focused, well, as well um, on um, uh, solving problems within existing structures. But uh, the question now: What is the difference between British American and problem solving and critical? Because it's quite similar, but uh, there isn't any um, um, uh, ideological touch, more or less. I would say, well. And um, that's quite interesting because you can use both of them without saying the one is hegemonic and without saying the other um, is per se uh, critical, you know. And, um, well, um, then, of course, I'm going to ask, uh, looking at uh, the, the field of international migration. And uh, within the field of international migration, um, there was a broad discussion about broader theories of, um, of social change, of, um, of transformation, especially Stephen Castle started to focus on trans transformation focuses and um, of process of social, um, transformation of processes of social structures and institutions. And, uh, well, the most important point uh, from him um, was, well, he said in uh, his view, migration shapes processes of social change and is shaped by these changes. And, um, um, well, yeah, and I'm uh, now going to um, show you on one example, the Neogramskian approach, how, um, um, how to use these theories uh, to better understand these transformation processes and also well, um, how migration is um, shaping processes and processes are changing, social processes of change changing, shaping migration. So, um, well, the, the idea of the, the Neogramskian approach uh, was founded by Robert Cox and um, uh, some <clears throat> Some basic uh, elements are social forces, uh, forms of states, world orders. Um, this is uh, the level of uh, activity. And, um, um, you know, and though um, explains how hegemonic pro uh, projects and social transformation is changing the structure of uh, society. Um, uh, really important to um, understand this concept is to cl clarify what Cox is, uh, has in mind uh, with the term hegemony. Um, and um, different to traditional theories in international relations, hegemony uh, is not understood um, as uh, the dominance of one economically and military powerful nation state, but a consensual mode of transnational socialization. Yeah? That means hegemony is a product of social processes and includes social, cultural, ideological dimensions. Um, and then hegemony structures appear under certain circumstances of reciprocal interacting forces. You see on the right side. 
like uh, material cap uh, capabilities appearing as national resources, technology and uh, organizational abilities, ideas understood um, as interactive beliefs or as collective ima imaginations of social order, and third, institutions, uh, institutions which are um, really important for stabilizing a certain order. And, um, yeah, so... Well, that's it. Uh, to um, that, that's the basic uh, of the neo Gramscian uh, approach. And uh, well, now <clears throat> the interesting part is um, to adapt this theoretical concept to the field of international migration. And um, if you're looking at the uh, on the level of, of activity or actors. Um, this might be transferred to a triangular constellation of migration states, global migration regimes, and migration formation, um, migrant formations. And uh, well, uh, these uh, terms more or less are not new. But uh, well, what what's important and it's, uh, not so good. Um, you cannot see it so well, but the interacting factors. That's quite um, quite important. You um, you see here. And um, on the other hand, uh, there are also categories of power, of course, in the field of international migration. There are ideas, institutional and material capabilities, um, which could be related to new trends uh, in migration politics, um, outcomes uh, of a certain social order, institutionalization of migration processes, and um, material access to, to the equipment of a migration process. And... Um, um, yeah, and if you look on, on the current situation of international migration, it is quite easy to identify a wide range of social formations like migrant organizations, we heard before, networks, informal cyber communities, and so forth. Yeah, furthermore, today um, the migration state is quite interesting, yeah, because um, there are not only lays, um, there are not only um, legal regulations, no? There are also, um, um, the state is becoming a, 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 an actor within the field of international re um, relations and uh, is playing an um, important role in the field of international migration. Uh, that is what James Holyfeld um, uh, said in his article about bring, bring back in the state, yeah? But if you're looking now on the current situation, it's even more interesting. And um, uh, the third uh, level is, is the issue of global governance. Yeah? Uh, well, we have a lot of conferences about uh, a lot of uh, strategies and ideas, and we have a lot of super na um, national uh, institutions which, is, which are dealing with the subject migration, like the IOM, like the ILO, OECD, and so on. Um, the next uh, thing I'm, uh, well, not... Uh, we, we're staying here. The next thing I'm going to talk about is uh, historic blocks and um, local uh, rescaling. Um, that's also quite important uh, in my view because historic blocks is also something uh, Robert Cox is using. And uh, the concept of historic blocks in all um, uh, uh, types of um, 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 world theory system, um, world system theories is important, like Wallerstein and so on. And there are two, um, um, or why I am um, saying historic blocks and local rescaling are important because uh, it's a, it's a, it's an aspect um, of time, historic blocks, 
and as an aspect of space, local rescaling. And afterwards, um, I'm going to say why. But um, the point is uh, that um, there are different types of historic blocks, um, and I would say well, two different types. The first one is, uh, is describing, in general, long routes into times of industrialization, modernization, modernization like Wallerstein and Polanyi and so on. And the second type is uh, mainly focused on economically and political aspects of regulation and deregulation, like Cox is doing or Sassen, for example. And... Um, these postmodern types are focused on the transition period in the 70s and uh, the time of embedded liberalism and the age of post-Fordism. Uh, post, uh, and interesting is now that some Neogramskian scholars also said, well, we are in a new uh, age of historic bloc, and this might could, uh, they calling them new transnational historic bloc, yeah? And that is quite interesting, because in my point of view, well, migration studies has a lot to talk about this issue, yeah? because we, have a lot of, uh, we had a lot of discourses about, well, transnationalism, uh, transnationalism from below, migrant transnationalism, transnationalization, and so on, to concretize uh, this latest historic block in a manner, um, um, well, and also maybe... Um, Migration studies can um, be part of a broader discussion in social uh, science or about social change, well, historical point of view. Um, yeah, and okay, now uh, the question of local rescaling, because uh, the problem is how we can integrate uh, the mi micro level action. Yeah, that is uh, what uh, Stephen Castle also said. Well, critical theories and neoliberal approaches show a certain similarity in their determinism and exclusion of agency. But I would say, well, that is not 100% um, correct. Because if you look at the Neogramskian approach and um, the transnational hegemony approach uh, developed by Cox, there is an open window for broader discussion about agency and in international migration research. And um, that is because uh, Cox um, points out really well the interrelation between politics and social everyday life, and that is crucial for him. The characteristic of states and their society um, are opposite and um, and only in the case of the condensation of a different class interest, a hegemonic project can be stabilized. Um, this refers to a broader understanding of civil societal influence. And there is, um, um, that is the point where, for me, this um, discussion about local rescaling comes in. Uh, because, um, um, yeah... Um, in my opinion, this is a particular problem, well, in, 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 in migration uh, studies, um, well, this connection between macro and micro level research. Um, and um, this is the field where you, you told us about, well, where you can really do research within a, within a broader frame and talking about uh, rescaling processes, power, and so on, class. Uh, and there is, uh, there are... Okay, um, well, there you can um, also integrate new methods. For example, uh, social science methods of class structure and elite groups, for example, decision, reputation, position, network cleavages, or social activity approaches. That's quite interesting, yeah? Putting it in, into a broader framework. And um, 
Okay, so finally uh, I'm coming to the end. Um, this is uh, what um, what I would say uh, will have uh, to be um, included or be aware. Uh, everyone which is doing research um, uh, in the field of migration, uh, or in the field of migration, international migration, must be aware of historic block constellations, modes of regulation, and rescaling processes. And it doesn't matter if you're uh, starting at this point, yeah, and are more interested in rescaling processes on a local level, or you are doing some research about modes uh, of regulation, for example, what is uh, the impact of states, yeah, doing. Um, um, international relation agreements and uh, um, <clears throat> with, uh, um, uh, with the focus on migration or, of the issue of migration or you, uh, you are talking about uh, the global system and so on and uh, talking about changes over time and um, well uh, uh, the last um, thing I would like to do to talk about is well uh, do we have uh, how c can we redesign migration uh, the migration system approach and um, or isn't it worth and uh, well it also had been uh, had been said before there are really crucial elements which are really uh, new and important about the migration system approach yeah and um, uh, that is what uh, well Beckwell also said that um, the first point I talked, uh, I said before, I was thinking about finding a theoretical approach when I thought about the Philippines and Spain. Yeah, and the um, uh, uh, the migration system approach was exact the right thing um, to choose because well, it, it includes um, countries of origin and destination and gives us a holistic and global perspective on the issue of migration. Yeah, and that is quite interesting because it also um, says that, uh, well, we can think about circular migration and so on. And before what we had before, there were push and pull um, factors and so on. And this was definitely very limited. And the second one is uh, that, uh, well, it seems quite static here. This, this is the image of, of Kritz and Slotnik. And it seems to be quite static. Two countries, yeah, well, okay, you've got a system and then... But Messi said, well, uh, the point is that migration systems are non-static. Yeah, they are changing, and what you can do is really researching dynamics. That's quite interesting. And you don't have two countries. Yeah? Uh, you've got a lot of countries, and uh, that's also an important uh, uh, factor. What is missing, definitely, is the explanation for power constellations. And uh, that was what I wanted to uh, explain a little bit before, how we can integrate um, uh, explanations for, for power constellations. And, um, yeah, finally, there's a special need to, um, uh, to, for a wider understanding of, um, of a global environment. Yeah, I heard that really often before. And um, uh, to do this, yeah, you have to think about forces within a global system. That's definitely important. And um, yeah, last but not least, Cindy um, um, Hurst said, well, yesterday, uh, of course, um, yeah, we um, also, me, uh, migration researchers are setting the frame for talking about migration. And um, uh, there have to be a, a re um, reflection of what uh, we're doing in migration research, but because we're also influencing policymakers. Yeah, and that's why I also think a critical um, approach would be um, definitely the right thing to further develop.
Thanks so much.